0: Okay, play along with me here for a second. I'm going to count down from three and you are going to smile. Now, I don't care if you're wearing headphones walking down the street or if I'm talking to your whole family in the car or if you're wearing a mask. Do it. Flash that grin. Or smize or soft smile, whatever you prefer. Now, as a rule, I just want to make this clear. I'm not typically a fan of telling people to smile, especially women, but that's a whole different issue. And this is all in good fun, I promise. Okay, three, two, one, smile. Did you feel that? That warm, tingly sensation in your neck, your arms? If you didn't, try again and really mean it this time. Smile. There's something about a smile that just makes you feel better. It lightens your spirits. Your own smile, of course, but especially seeing other people smile. It's science. There's a reason. It's a universal sign of happiness. If you can't get there, if you're not just feeling it today, or if you can't fake it, that's okay. Because I have a feeling you'll get there. This episode is full of smiles. Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, the Smiley Face Cookie Company, a division of MacArthur's Bakery that helps train and employ adults with disabilities. You can now buy the perfectly imperfect treats at Schnucks grocery stores around the region and they're the definition of made with love. I like doing the rainbow. The pink, the orange, the yellow, the green, the blue, and the
1: purple. These things were made from the bottom of all our hearts.
0: How the kitchen is growing, and why it just might be the happiest workplace in town. Plus, some really exciting food news to begin the year on, and a weekend planner that'll get you out and about. Can you guys tell me what you're doing back here? We're putting, uh,
1: like, a, uh, what are these call What are these called? What? Are these sleeves?
2: Yes, you're putting sleeves on. Sleeves
1: on? On that Smiley face no! We're taping them.
0: In the kitchen of MacArthur's Bakery off Lee May Ferry in South County, you'll walk past shelves of sprinkles and a handful of pastry chefs and decorators at work on a cake or two. But overall, it's not crazy busy. It was the week after Christmas when I stopped in. They were taking a bit of a break to slow down. But they're not slowing down much in the very back of the kitchen, where Jenny is one of about a dozen smiley face cookie workers frosting, packaging, and preparing to ship the namesake product. They're exactly what they sound like, in case you're unfamiliar. They're sugar cookies with bright colored frosting and a smile. Oh,
1: I love it. Jenny, what's your favorite part about your job? Um, everything is great. It's just getting it done so we can sell them. Jenny
0: is a graduate of Lafayette Industries Step Up program, which helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities learn long-term social and work skills to help them get jobs. She's now an employee at MacArthur's Bakery in the Smiley Cookie Division to be exact. What's your favorite part of the process?
1: Uh, What is it?
0: Uh, Smiling them the most?
1: Yeah, they
0: So about how many of these are we trying to make today? So
2: today, Today we're probably trying to get to about 425 packs. That allows us, uh, we deliver to about 13 to 17 stores a day. That gives us 30 packs per store.
0: Wow. And they'll go?
2: They're, They're pretty much clearing out pretty fast. Um, Our goal originally was 10 to 15 packs, and we're at 25 to 30.
0: That's Scott Reineberger, owner of MacArthur's Bakery, which also has the Pioneer Bakery Cafe in Kirkwood. MacArthur's has been making the Smiley Cookies for decades. They've been a constant at a bakery that's seen a lot of change over the past few years alone. Even before the pandemic, Scott was making tough decisions about scaling back. Right sizing is a term you may have heard, fewer items sitting in display cases waiting for people to come by them, more of a focus on custom and made to order baked goods. When that meant closing the Kirkwood MacArthur's location, they weren't quite sure what to do with the space.
2: So we kind of brainstormed with some friends and a few other ideas and, and what we came up with was that uh, the best use for it would be to convert it into a training facility for adults with intellectual disabilities. Uh, give them front of house skills, back of house skills. Uh, That was my perception of what it needed to be. But I was fortunate to come across Lafayette Industries through a mutual uh, acquaintance. And their curriculum is just absolutely brilliant because it's about the whole person. Mm. It's, It's not how to use a knife. It's how do you overcome your anxieties or how do you handle yourself in a difficult situation what happens if you have an irate customer so they work on the whole person and the soft skills and it just ended up becoming a great partnership where they work on the soft skills i provide the hard skills and then you have a really great confident competent employee that hopefully will go out and find a job in other areas or other businesses so through that the smiley face cookie became one of those hard skills that we were trying to work with the participants in the Step Up program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes a lot to do those cookies. Besides baking them, it's dipping them and using your hand strings to decorate and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really became the signature item of, of the Step Up program in Kirkwood.
0: Their efforts caught the attention of the Today Show this past fall. Hoda and Jenna sampled the cookies on air. Then the folks at Schnooks reached out asking how they could work together through their local partnerships program at the grocery store.
2: They just said, what about the smiley face cookies? What can we do to help you grow your program and get those in our stores? And that's where we're at today. So this past December, we rolled it out, 77 stores. Uh, We were expecting to do 6,000 cookies a week, which is about 10, 20 packs. We did 12,000 cookies uh, last week and the week before. So it's been great.
1: Wow, wow.
0: So there's, I mean, so many chapters in the MacArthur story. I mean, it's it's such a known name in the list of St. Louis establishments, bakeries, institutions. You If you've lived here for any amount of time, you've had a cake from here at one of your celebrations. And you're talking, though, about your role as a business owner is not just to honor that tradition and not just to... I guess make things sweet for your employees in the community you are running a business you know so that debt is described in some of the decisions you made when it came to scaling back i'm sure a lot of those decisions were not always super easy to do when you say we're going the best use of this space is to help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities I don't know a lot of business people who would sit there and say, that's absolutely what I should be using this space for. That's the best return on my investment. Walk me through that thought process.
2: Great question or, or <laughs> concept or, or you know, thought process there. Um, I believe businesses have to be socially responsible. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, that is an obligation we have to our customers as well as our community, because our community gives it back to us. In business support, and I um, always believe that. Uh, and so, when you have an opportunity to do something like that, you have to jump on it. But um, it's not like just it, it came to my mind and said, "This is what we're doing." Mm-hmm. You know, I have a great group of friends who have children with intellectual disabilities. Um, I have been around different organizations for many, many years. In fact, that's how I met my wife. Was working for uh, a group volunteering. Oh, cool. So. You know, it's been in my DNA for 20, 30 years, but, you know, it was seeing these other parents struggle with their children when they no longer get services. Mm. You know, at 19, they age out of the special school district. So it's up to the parent then to figure out what's the future of that child. And what I'm seeing is all these parents start creating their own opportunities for their own children. Mm -hmm. Well, why aren't we as a community doing that, you know, as businesses and, um, when we decided to do the cookie company here i i really had to think a moment for what does my existing team think about it how would they react Mm -hmm. to to taking on this whole new crew and opportunity and were they prepared for it and i was just overwhelmingly blessed with great employees because they jumped on it they were like bring them in let's do this and they treat them like everybody and so it you don't even know who's who and what's what in the back and um, it, it, I've been just very fortunate with that team.
0: And also just not to be crass about it, but we've been talking about staffing shortages across the board um, food and hospitality and things like that are particularly struggling with that seeing what you have seen with friends and just in your own life experiences of how, frankly, how underutilized some of these members of our community are. Do you think that more programs like this could help solve some of these problems?
2: Absolutely. Um, You know, we're talking about the largest underemployed population in the United States. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, extremely competent, extremely willing and wanting to work. Mm. If I could take any one of these participants or employees that we have, their enthusiasm, and put them into so many of my former employees, <laughs> it, it would have been wonderful. Yeah. But they don't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need more businesses to jump on the hiring chain. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it's not difficult to do. There's a lot of support to do it. Uh, I think there's, a, there's some business, most businesses I think are a little timid What happens if a certain situation comes up? What am I supposed to deal with it? Well, that's where you get an organization with like Lafayette Industries, St. Louis Arc. They're there to help. They have job coaches.
0: Mm -hmm. And what have you kind of learned about running a business by taking this new challenge on and expanding it to include something like this?
2: Um, What I've learned on the business side is that if you do things not for the money you know when I say that where we're we're just here to make the dollar Mm. um, that doesn't seem to work and that was sort of my early thought process of MacArthur's after I bought it was expand expand let's go let's get big and all this revenue well with this it's it's let's do something good and know what it's become successful because of what we're doing Mm. and not the the intent to just to make money, and I think um, that's something I lost early on in this process and my previous businesses and stuff. I did it for the cause, yeah. and they were successful. And so, um, getting back to that is important. And, and you know, it's just wonderful to see the community grab onto the smiley face cookies. You know, and we purposely call them the most perfectly imperfect cookie because yep. they're going to be imperfect, and uh, decorating's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's been just incredible, the response. I, I never expected this.
0: After all of that right-sizing, for Scott to want to expand, he has to be savvy about it. It's not about growth for growth's sake. When it comes to the Smiley Face Cookie Company, though, he says it's beyond business. It's booming, and it's only just beginning.
2: I really believe after a couple more months of the Smiley Face Cookie, uh, program and success here in st louis there's an opportunity to do this outside of st louis mm-hmm. um we have the, the abilities we have the processes i think if i can reach out to someone like a publix you know why not nashville and try this and, and start setting up these up in different cities uh because no one's doing it mm-hmm. and we've proven it's an easy thing to do and very meaningful so i think by the end of next year, I'd like to at least have one or two new cities on the list.
0: So would it be something that is happening, the, being baked here at MacArthur's, or would you want to partner with other bakeries? Open up
2: in different cities. You know, I, I think uh, working with Lafayette Industries, we can set up um, small bakery in each of these cities. It would not necessarily have the retail presence, but it'd be the wholesale in through the grocery stores. Wow. Wow. Um, You know, we just need four or 5,000 square feet of uh, industrial bakery, a couple pieces of equipment, and we can continue providing the soft skill training, the hard skill training, and just build off this. Um, and, And I think it needs to be in those communities because It has to be meaningful to the community. They're
0: supporting their neighbors. Exactly. Their neighbors' kids. Their kids, and
2: And they're on Facebook. Hey, look at at my daughter and how fun she's having her. This is my cousin.
0: Marin is another graduate of Lafayette Industries I caught up with in the kitchen. She was busily packing an order to go out to a schnook store. Next time you see them and are thinking about buying some? I would say yes, definitely, because
1: these things were made from the bottom of all our hearts. to that.
0: Yeah, Dory, how can you not smile at that. What a good episode to begin 2022 on. I'm Abby LaRico, producer Dory Almost, We are back together from afar. Um, We're just trying to keep it safe as we record the podcast for the next couple of weeks here. Um, But we are back and I just think this is such a great episode to begin 2022 on because it was also a pretty popular story on our website last year when we were talking about it and learning more about the smiley face cookies, I think has been, it's been fun. It's made me smile.
1: It definitely made me smile. I was smiling ear to ear the entire time I was reading the script for this before um, we put it out there for everybody. Um, Wow, it's just so cute, incredible, and what an amazing group of people in this organization.
0: And goes to show you the awesome things that are happening in St. Louis, constantly people thinking about each other and their communities. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit because that's contributing to some food news that we're going to tell you about. But first, mm-hmm. I also want to give another quick plug to the folks with the Smile Face Cookie Company. They're doing great things and they're helping a lot of people, but guess what? Just like everybody else, I feel like uh, still in 2022, they're a little understaffed. So if you know somebody, or so, you know somebody who knows somebody, you know somebody who loves somebody who would be able to contribute to meeting this increasing demand for these smiley face cookies, as well as you know, kind of get out there and build some of those skills that the program helps develop and make a little bit of money while they're at it, um, you can hit us up. We'll put a link in our bio to find out more info, or not our bio, we're not Instagram. Um, We'll link in our episode (laughs) notes uh, to find out more information about that. Okay, Dory, we got some interesting food news here this week. Um, I'm particularly excited about this late breaking news you found for us about just how great St. Louis is once again in the food scene.
1: Yeah, I wanted us to start big this year, and it does not get a whole lot bigger than this. Eater, the food blog, included Mm -hmm. St. Louis in its list of where to eat in 2022. So there were only 13 cities from across the world included on this list. And St. Louis is joining the likes of Dubai, Buenos Aires, Kuala Lumpur. The article says that St. Louis snuck its way into the top 15 restaurant destinations in America, which... I feel like kind of is a very St. Louis thing to do. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Yes. But really the article focused on something that we have heard firsthand from so many restaurant owners and chefs. It said that the St. Louis food scene builds each other up. This is seen as one community, not really a competition, and it's full of support and mentorship. Mm -hmm. It said that competitors operate like one giant restaurant group. Yeah. So I thought that was really representative of, what the food scene here is. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love that. And I love when we get that kind of attention. But man, Dory, only 13 cities from across the world. That's huge. That's huge, really, really right? neat.
1: And I did also want to give a shout out to Holly Fan. She's a local food writer. She went to bat for St. Louis to get, help get us on this list. And it paid off. So hats off to her. And St. Louis just hitting that worldwide food news right off the top of the year. I mean, if
0: you're going to be able to travel this year and you're listening from afar, I know we have some, what's the St. Louis word for expat, like somebody who used to live St. Louis expat, I guess we could just say, (laughs) um, who've been listening to this, uh, is a way this podcast, especially over the past couple of years is a way to stay close to the St. Louis food scene. If hopefully 2022 will provide some safe windows of opportunity for you to come on home and try some of the things that you've been missing. So, Um, Again, speaking of safety, though, that is always at top of mind, even in 2022 uh, for our St. Louis restaurants.
1: Yeah, we've seen a couple different ways that restaurants have been adapting with this latest surge in cases over the last couple of weeks. So some places are temporarily closing down again. Planners House closed for a few weeks. They just reopened this week. Uh, Fuzzy's Taco Shops, all of the locations in the St. Louis area are now temporarily closed. But not all of these closures have to do with the overall COVID surge. Some Mm. of it is just related to employees testing positive, leaving these already short-staffed businesses scrambling and really not even able to operate. So uh, another way that Tempest is really taking this into their own hands, they are doing on-site weekly testing and then driving their own tests to a company in Illinois so they can get results within 24 hours. Just to keep their employees safe, they said that it really helped with their mental well-being too.
0: That's, which is a huge thing. Um, You know, I saw a, I guess it was a meme on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or something recently that said, um, you know, here's the problem, something along the lines of here's the problem with the idea that people thought, okay, this next variant is minor. So we should just let it rip through the community and deal with it. But then a couple of weeks later, you're noticing, well, wait, why is my trash not getting picked up? Why is my yeah. grocery store not open or not fully restocked? Why is my restaurant not able to open? Those kind of things. It's because remember essential workers, remember yeah. um, all the things we've learned about how it takes human beings to do all these jobs. And when people are sick, they can't go to work and that's a trickle down effect really. And so, um, it's just another fantastic reminder that if a restaurant asks for your vaccine card, they're doing it to keep themselves afloat. If they ask you to wear your mask, even if it feels silly to you to put your mask on, when you get up from your table to walk to the bathroom, they're doing every little thing they can to stay open because having to close means they're not earning money at that point. And Mm -hmm. so if you truly care about, your rest, your favorite local restaurants, um, which you should, by the way, because just because you're going and supporting a restaurant, there's other ways you can show care as well. And it's how you treat the people there. Um, and so this is just one more example of them having to adapt. And we can do our part in various ways as well.
1: Yeah. Patience, respect, understanding these restaurants are having to shift and pivot and shift and pivot again till they're dizzy. So just being able to um, go with their flow so we can keep on enjoying their food. Why not? I like that. Go with their
0: flow. That's a good one, Dory. That's a good one. Um, This is some food news that we've been kind of talking about. We've, you know, we've known about for a little bit, but haven't been able to really announce it or anything like that. And I've been looking forward to it because it sounds delicious.
1: This, yes, it sounds so good. So the restaurant is called Saucy Porca, which Already paints a pretty tasty picture, I think. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a blend of Asian and Latin flavors. So St. Louis area natives and siblings are behind the concept. I love their story. They grew up working in their mother's Chinese restaurants in South County and St. Peter's. They now have two Saucy Porka locations in Chicago, but they want to bring that deliciousness back here to their hometown. They're going to have dishes including chorizo egg rolls, which sounds yeah. awesome. Asian Paella and mm. Bao Tacos. Um, and this is going to be located in the old Caldi's location near Slough, right over there by Narwhals.
0: It's a cool location right there. A lot of nice mm-hmm. light and all of that. Um, and Asian Paella. Yes, please. I feel like I want to like yes. jump into a big vat of that and just roll around. <laughs> that sounds so good. Oh yes. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's exciting. I love seeing new places open, especially when it means that somebody's boomeranged back home. Um, this is another, we've got another interesting opening to talk about that. I think anybody who's traveled to a bigger city has said, why don't we have one of these here in St. Louis? And the the question is being answered for you soon.
1: Yeah, I think this is really cool. So it's called City Winery. It's a wine and live entertainment venue. And they're going to be coming soon to City Boundaries. So another space being occupied in that food hall area. Um, they're not planning on opening until later this year. But if you want a preview and you're able to travel, you can check out City Winery in some other big cities like Atlanta, New York, Philly, and DC. What they kind of offer is Intimate concerts with upscale dining, and they'll also have a fully functioning winery. Um, on top of that, they'll have indoor and outdoor dining, which will also include a pizza bar and coffee roasting station. I feel like this opening checks a lot of boxes for people who already enjoy City Foundry.
0: Absolutely. And people who enjoyed the experience of going to a winery, but really wish they could cheaply uber home afterward (laughs) instead of (laughs) having to drive 45 minutes away um having something like that i think it's going to be a really neat addition and i think city foundry is once again proving to be a really good location for a lot of these interesting concepts so yeah. Um, sh- shoot, Dory, speaking of City Foundry there and interesting concepts. And also, why don't we already have one of these? I mean, <laughs> this next story
1: has it all. I know. I'm so excited about this. We learned and were able to confirm this a couple weeks ago. There is a toasted ravioli kitchen opening soon in City Foundry. Yes, you you said it perfectly. Why don't we already have this? <laughs> Why not? But it's coming soon in the next couple months, I believe. So the side dish staple will be um, opening up as a kitchen concept there with a lot of the other restaurants that are inside City Foundry. There's a local couple who's behind it. It's called STL Toasted. They had the idea a few years ago and then some life events during the pandemic led them to start experimenting with flavors in their own kitchen. Like so many people did during the early parts of the part of the pandemic. Um, But they're going to be bringing more than just meat and cheese fillings. They're planning on having things like buffalo chicken, loaded potato, and even some dessert options like blackberry gooey butter cake. That That sounds sounds so so amazing. Oh my gosh.
0: That sounds so good. And I'm excited about this. And actually, Dory, last week, um, we got to sit down and talk with those owners and uh, the, the couple who is making this happen. So be on the lookout for an upcoming episode that will have even more mouthwatering information about this Toast Ravioli kitchen, as well as I what you've kind of alluded to here, the really interesting life events during this pandemic that have led them to this point. Quite yes. interesting. A lot to look forward to this year. But looking back, Dory, and I know it's, you know we're almost done with January after our little winter break here. Um, so I'm gonna let you go back in time to think over the last <laughs> couple of weeks and let me know what's the best thing you had to eat.
1: I thought about this and the moment I thought about what this was, I was like, oh yes, definitely the best thing I've had to eat in the last couple of weeks. We stopped by the new Max Local Eats location a couple yeah. weeks ago um, just to check it out. It was a really cold weekend day and we're like, let's get some Max. It's been a while. So we popped in there. Um, the new space is a lot bigger as far as like dine-in options. Um, it's still kind of the same lineup though. You go up to the counter, you order, then you go seat. you go mm-hmm. sit down. But they do have a special area for people wanting to do to go. So we did that and it was so fast, really, really smooth experience getting them to go. Um, now, usually I go for the rip fries, the red hot riplet fries. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I saw they had chili on the menu and I went for chili and just kind of thinking they use really high quality meat. Everything here is good. Uh-huh. It was so, so tasty cannot recommend the chili enough it's one of their seasonal sides right now it really tasted like they had really good brisket in there Mm. and it was really meaty and seasoned really well plus I added a scoop of their pimento cheese on top which was yes girl killer yes Yes. Mm. it was so good Uh, really like besides the own the own chili that I make here at home probably the best chili I've had in a really long time
0: love that subtle flex you threw in there (laughs) mine was also kind of a comfort food. I stopped by Brasserie by Niche uh, in the Central West End. Um, It was a little crowded. So luckily though, they had an outdoor tent area set up and we were the only people sitting in that whole tent. Um, And what I ordered, I think you could get really good to go as well. If you wanted to, I got the Parisian Noki. Um, so fall Ooh. vegetables, which is kind of exactly what it sounds like. Um, but the preserved lemon and pr- fried capers and Brown butter on top created this like combination of flavors. That was so good. It tasted kind of hearty and warm, but then you got that zest of lemon every once in a while. And the capers were just like perfectly salty. It was so, so good that I wanted to like, I wish I would have, even though I was in a tent with just us, I wish I could have just licked the bowl. But I was (laughs) like, I'm still at a fancy restaurant. It was really, really good. It's um I've been craving it since I finished that bowl. So you that's how you know it's a good thing you had to eat.
1: Oh, that sounds so good. Lemons, capers, two of my favorite things and dishes. Oh, that sounds delicious
0: that I might recommend. We've got a couple good food recommendations for you because I think it's going to be another chili one in St. Louis. So chili, gnocchi, mm-hmm. all the options for you. But there's also some fun things you can get out and about and do this weekend. Um, we are talking about the weekend of January 21st and 23rd. Dory, I'll take it to start with what we've got a couple things uh, going on on Saturday, starting with the winter market at Tower Grove Farmer's Market. Uh, this is one you're going to want to Put on your warmest (laughs) winter gear and mask from 9 to 1 p.m. They will have their winter market. You can get your essential grocery items, maybe whip up some chili or gnocchi of your own, Mm -hmm. Um, or you can also get some special goodies as well. This is happening every other Saturday through March. Great opportunity to get out there, get some fresh air and even fresher meats and vegetables.
1: Yeah, and if that wasn't enough, there's another winter bazaar happening at Nine Mile Garden in Afton, the food garden's. First market of the year. So there will be about a dozen local vendors inside the canteen. So this is a little bit of a warmer option, but make sure to grab your mask Um, while you're there. You can grab a drink, maybe browse some handmade items um, from the local vendors. That goes from 11 to 3 this Saturday.
0: We just planned your Saturday for you, people. You're welcome. (laughs)
2: Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la.
0: Abby eat st louis is a five on your side production i'm abby larico
1: and i'm dory Olmos.
0: be sure to subscribe to our podcast we have a whole lineup we've been hard at work over the past couple of weeks during our winter break getting some good stories collected for you we're excited to drop in your feed leave us a rating and a review as well and send us your thoughts on our instagram we're at abby st louis DMs are open, and you can also email us podcast at ksdk.com. Stay warm out there. Don't forget to smile and seize the plate.